What's up, guys? Welcome to the first ever episode 66 of the Kind of Funny Games cast. Only three away, gentlemen. Oh, my God. What are you playing for? The, I don't have the, anything. The I do. Six, I emailed myself because uh, that's my new to do list is I email, email myself. Yourself. So then I can knock it off and delete as I go. Oh, that's interesting. It keeps me good because I'm all, I always try to zero out the inbox. Sure. So I'm not successful at it. No. But it's a good way to remind myself of the things I have to do. So plan Gamescast 69 is an email I just sent to myself today. Gotcha. What are we going to do? Probably nothing. Just talk if about any, games. If anyone has ideas, please send it to us and we'll we'll adjust accordingly. But sure. probably not. I like your jacket. I, I like your too. outfit. I like it a lot. I wish that says 69, but it doesn't. It just says 20. Damn well. Yeah, I mean, you can technically go and get those removed, I guess, and put them in. Thank you, that's Kevin. That's too much work. But no, I, that's stitched in. That's You can't get that removed. <clears throat> yeah, I guess you're right. Thank you, yeah. Kevin. Thanks, Kevin. You're all great. Really worried As about always, this table getting rings. I'm Tim Geddes, joined by the coolest dudes in video games, Colin Moriarty, and one Greg Miller. Hello. In a Funhouse shirt. Yeah. It looks like Fallout. It does. See, did you get it? That's yeah, that's the whole that thing. That was the thing. Yeah. It was a good thing. They did it. Uh, this is the Kind of Funny Games cast. Every week we get together, talk about video games, and then you can get all of that video content over on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games Monday through Thursday. There'll be a topic there for your needs. Then you can go to Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games, get the whole thing early, or do a bunch of other stuff, just like Steven Insler did. Steven Isler, Patreon producer of the month. Oh, thank you, Steven. <laughs> Should have had it ready. Didn't. You did. I will next week. No, It'll won't. be great. You won't. Uh, we'll throw you can't, a party even, for you him. can't even plan episode 69. You're not going to have no horn ready. Things, maybe that's, you know what? Forget it. We'll get there someday. And it's going to be great. Steven Insler, he went to patreon.com slash kind of funny games, supported the show to help make it happen. So he's the Patreon producer. Uh, but yeah, you can go there and for way less money. You can just get the show early, get yep. exclusive episodes, do all that other stuff. Perks. Perks. Good things. So many perks. All the good perks. All the good perks. Uh, but today, we got a really good show planned. I'm excited about this. Is it worth the dollar? This one will be worth the dollar. Okay. Let, me, let me tell you why, Greg. This one's going to be worth the dollar because we're finally getting to the point where video games are coming out this year. Mm. You know, it's been a couple months of just us bullshitting over and over trying to find about VR talking about all this shit yeah. now here we're actually playing some games so we had a lot a lot of games to talk about that we've been playing usually I'd start the the show off with a what have we been playing topic but because we played a good amount of a couple games I want to start with those third topic is going to be what we're playing there gotcha. first topic is going to be Ratchet and Clank second topic is going to be Quantum Break so that's a little preview wow y'all bitch for a topic who knows yeah Impossible to guess. Probably Impossible brought to you by the kind of funny to guess. Anyways, all right, let's start off Ratchet and Clank. Greg, have you played it? No. Well, the let's play you and I did, mm-hmm. but then you both have been heads down in it. Colin's beaten it. You have almost not? beaten it. Okay, not okay. beaten it yet. Fucking fantastic mm. game. Colin, tell yeah. the people. It's fantastic. It's a it's a fantastic game. It's one of I I kind of went on a little thing on PS I Love You this week about uh, so people will listen to it, I guess, last week by the time they hear this for the most part. Um it's uh, it was it's surprisingly and shockingly awesome. Um, I knew it was going to be great or good at least. I mean, it's a Ratchet and Clank game that w- the core Ratchet and Clank games are at least at the very least good, with the exception of you know the Tower Defense shit and the All for One, like no one wanted that kind of stuff. But this is a return to form for Ratchet, um, and it's uh, with I I said with the exception of Resogun, the, the best exclusive on the on the console. Um, and it's it's shocking to me that this reminds me a lot of been told dawn in the sense that like I, I, did they not understand what they had like i don't i don't understand how this game isn't being pushed harder um they have a movie that i guess they're hoping is going to kind of tangentially promote the game the game will tangentially promote the movie i understand that kind of like synergy that they're trying to get between the two products but 
this game is so much better than some of the other stuff that they've released, like The Order or even Infamous um, or Knack, that it's like, why wouldn't you try to get behind this game and really and really push it? And the good news is that um, the word is out. I mean, the, yeah. the for, I've been hearing a lot of anecdotal evidence that they, they way undershipped, it seems like, because no one can find it. And um, digital bros. Yeah, you can buy it digitally, of course, unlimited amounts. Um, but I've heard from m- like a lot of people on Twitter, just anecdotally, that it's hard to find. Like that they've gone every Best Buy, mm-hmm. they've gone here and there to EB or whatever, or whatever the fuck they buy games at now, and they can't and they can't find it. Um, so it seems like Sony might have underestimated demand for the game. Um, but I, I I think that it's uh, it's a really fantastic, fun, funny, cute, well made, beautiful game. Um, with very little downside. Uh, there's a few frustrating parts and a few kind of issues like that, but technically it's great, uh, runs great, uh, no crashes in the 12 to 13 or 14 hours I no played No crashes it. is the only problem for me. <laughs> no crash, you know, yeah, no proper noun. Um, and uh, I think that it's just, it reminds me of a, a different time in gaming, and I feel like these kinds of games can't live again, but I think that they can live again once in a while, and I think that this is a really nice if they're made right and mm-hmm. i think this is a really nice example of that and the other example i used on ps i love you was sly 4 from zanzara which i think is um another example of a great old school game made new again that we might not really need every year but like my assumption with this ratchet game is that it was probably cheap to make insomniac made it um and it seems like their satellite studio in north carolina really did the brunt of the work so and they're only charging 40 dollars for it which is shocking that's me. that's the crazy part um, but yeah. I, I think that that's an investment on their part i think that they they understand that Ratchet kind of, you know, stayed as welcome for the last decade or whatever, and uh, or two decades almost. And now that the movie's coming out, it is kind of the resurgence, it is the reboot, and it's kind of getting in front of a whole new generation of people. And I think that the $40 um, price point, I think it's smart because it's going to, you know, people are going to see the movie and they're going to be like, well, shit. I need to get the kids this. You know, I think I it works to... both ways, right? And the fact that I'm like, I'm a guy who's like, I, yeah, Ratchet's great. I loved Cracking Time. You know what I mean? But I haven't been aching for more Ratchet. So when the, another Ratchet's coming, like, eh, all right. But now it's out and everybody loves it and it's getting these great scores and it's cheap. Okay. And yeah. then when the movie does roll around, people leave that theater and they're like, oh man, Ratchet's cool. I'm going to look, oh, it's only 40 bucks. Sure, why not? And I think, the, I think the biggest thing with the price point is for the people that have played Ratchet over you know, the last how long where they they know what they're getting and my thing is i think this game is as close to a perfect game as possible where i am having so much fun with it i keep thinking about it i want to come back to it it's gameplay loop is awesome i'm addicted to making sure that every single weapon's upgraded and and the the system they have with the grid where you you kind of click the cards and the grid thing all of it it's like I like this. I want more of this. But the game, since it is a remake or whatever it is, reimagining of the, the first game, it is, it's a bit familiar and it's also a bit empty overall compared to A Crack in Time or even Tools of Destruction. Those had a, a lot more going on. Like I, Specifically, Crack in Time had that big like war sequence where there was like so many people and you have to use all of the gadgets and weapons and stuff. This game doesn't have that and I think it's obviously because it's just remaking the, the first one so I think that that is kind of where the, the price point comes in too in that it's for the hardcore Ratchet fans it is a little bit of a concession w- with all of it but it's amazing like it's so good and it's so much fun and I think that this is a, a good sign that the next one built from the ground up being an old original game I think that's going to be something really special yeah, I wonder if they painted themselves in the corner a little bit with the price point and they have something to fear, I think, if they do go back to Ratchet and Clank again, which I think they obviously would and should. Um, about this is the precedent now that this is going to be like a subpar A game that 
you know, at, at a price point that's going to be, you know, can they go back and charge $60 for a Ratchet and Clank game now? It's like one of the th- things they have to worry about later. They don't have to worry about that now. Um, but I think that it's so it is a reimagining in some respect of the original game, but there are a lot of differences. There are a lot of things that are the same, too. I mean, there, but there's new systems. And I liked going back to these different planets that I hadn't seen in a long time. But like, I remember this sequence, mm-hmm. the the. the I can't remember the planet's name, but the one sequence where it's like the kingdom kind of and and there's like the river flowing through it. It's like early in the game. The second stage. Yeah. And like and I and you see and you see it on the Vista and like you go down the elevator and stuff. And I'm like, I remember this. It looks so much prettier now. And and I think the cool part of the visuals of it are that I mean, everyone, if you look at this game, it is one of the most gorgeous games ever made that I've seen for any console. And it's stylized. Definitely. And all of that. Right. It's just it nails it. But what's crazy to me is you remember what Ratchet and Clank looked like. Like, I remember what I thought when I first saw the PS2 one. And I remember thinking, this looks like a Pixar thing. And it's like, now you look at it like, mm. but now you look at this and you're like, this actually does. And that's the crazy part. But what's even crazier to me is this game looks better than I remember Ratchet looking. Usually it's, uh, you remember things looking super good. And when you see a new one, you're like, oh, this is kind of how I remember it. For me, it's, this is even better than mm-hmm. my memory. And that's the biggest accomplishment you can do. Yeah, I think the 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 interesting things to me are, and I don't remember the story very well anymore. Like, but I remember, as I discussed, I think on the podcast, what, the other podcast, which was uh, Ratchet and Clank didn't like each other, and that was like one of the super uncomfortable things I remember in in the first. I think it might have just been in the first game. Yeah, it was. Um, and I know that I I feel like when I was talking to them about uh, history of Insomniac years ago, when I was writing that at IGN, that they were talking about how they knew that that wasn't necessarily something that maybe was the smartest idea and they totally removed it like the it's funny how they've kind of revised the story it's through a different perspective now I don't like you know um, with Quark kind of telling the story and um, Ratchet and Clank are just quick friends and and it seems like the story's not as fleshed out anymore because there there's no strife between them and I like that like I always was like why don't they like each other like this is mm-hmm. like one of the things it's Ratchet and Clank not Ratchet versus Clank and um so I like that they kind of revised that the pre-rendered cutscenes, which are there actually is like a lot of pre-rendered cutscenes in the game are really pretty. The new boss fights are cool. They even like revised a lot of um, things in the game, like collecting the brains and all this kind of stuff, like to kind of add things into the game. And then the back end structure, which I think you're, you're right about with um, collecting rare titanium, obviously to upgrade your weapons, plus the leveling system of each weapon, which natively upgrades them. And then the collectible card system, the challenge mode has been stripped out of the game and kind of put into stripped out of the, the main line, the main game itself, right, right, right? The campaign, right? Exactly. Like in the original ratchet games, there was like a challenge mode that was like in the back of the game that you can like do this and you get like a point or whatever. Um, that like, isn't an option the first time through anymore. And it seems like I'd never even, I haven't even played it, it through again. I want to, um, because I want to get some of the trophies and stuff, but it seems like they've kind of stripped that out and put that into the next part of the game. Like if you play it again. So, uh, while it's not a difficult game by any stretch of the imagination, like the, the times I died in the game was because I was like trying to use weapons that I shouldn't be using because mm-hmm. I wanted to upgrade them equally. I mean, that was like I was like my obsession the entire time I was playing the game. And it's fun. Yeah, dying it, is fun in this game. Yeah, because there's no cool. penalty, and you can ratchet it up to hard if you want to have a harder experience. But um, you know, to me, it's it's Ratchet and Clank on PS4 is uh, is almost like a must play game. I, I I really I thought I would like it. I knew I would like it. I like Ratchet. I like Insomniac. Um, but I didn't realize I'd love it like this. And so I, I, I really highly recommend it. I would go as far as to say it's the best game I've played this year and maybe the best game I've played in a long time. 
So I agree with you yeah. completely. And I think that it, it modernized the franchise in such an important way. And again, like the the future series on PS3, so when it was Tools of Destruction and um, Crack in Time, those also modern modernized it a lot. So it's not like this is like a completely mind blowing thing. But uh, being able to hit the L2 button and do the the strafing and stuff, you couldn't do that in the original, in the first mm-hmm. ratchet. And it's like that makes it. It changes the the dynamics of it a lot, and I, I thought it was it's a lot of fun to use the weapons, and it, it makes shooting and stuff a lot easier, and it's less um, old school three D platformer, and it is more modern third person shooter and stuff. Like they really kind of mastered that with Deadlocked on the the PS two generation, and uh, I love that. It wasn't until you you brought up the Ratchet and Clank not liking each other thing, I didn't even remember that, but then I was like, oh shit, that's right, like. It was really awkward. And yeah, the weird. story was weird. Like you didn't. It wasn't like Jack and Daxter where they were friends. Uh, they had a history already. Like they were. You were kind of jumping into their life. Like you meet Ratchet when he's meeting Clank, so they could go anywhere with it that they wanted to. And I like that they revised that because I think that it was. It's. 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 It almost wasn't kid friendly in a way. Like it was like awkward and weird, and I didn't like it. I remember not liking it, and I remember um, being kind of put off by it. Not. Not. You know, Ratchet's a great. I like Ratchet as a character um, more than I like Clank as a character, but I wanted them to get along together and I don't want to underestimate the the humor in the game either. It was the first time since I played South Park, a stick of truth where I was like laughing out loud at things in the game. Like there's just a lot of funny shit in the game. I remember um, there's just like really weird scenes. Like after ratchet gets back from like something really bad, it's happening. He's talking to Clank in the garage and he's like, uh, you know, it's such a catastrophe or whatever. And he's and Clank's like, I wouldn't call it a catastrophe. And then there's like a TV in the office with a guy watching it. And the newscast is talking about how it's a catastrophe. And you see the guy just take the remote and like lower the volume on the TV and like yeah. kind of look away awkwardly. It's like there's a lot of really funny shit that they didn't have to do that took probably more time than it needed to to have little hits like that. And there's a lot of them in the game. The writing's awesome. Zircon's awesome. Um, the you know quark's awesome like there's a lot of just solid comedy yeah. in the game that i think kids and adults alike will laugh at that's I think, my question does it feel like a kid's game it yeah uh, I, I think it does it, i mean it's definitely a kid's game but it's def- it's a pixar movie you know that's the best way to put it not only does it look like it but it's like it's adults can enjoy it kids can enjoy it is it a kid's movie i mean yeah i guess it is is it a kid's game i guess it is but like doesn't affect the enjoyment of it. Sure, at I was all. just asking. Um, it's a game. That's what I like about it. It's a fucking game. It it's, doesn't take itself seriously. That's a, like it's just not this like overwrought. Uh, after no playing, social message. Yeah, like after playing the division, which is a great game, but this is I think far better than the division in terms of just enjoyment. Um, you can't really compare them, but it, I think I had more fun playing this than I did the division. It's just like it's nice to see again. It's not like so like into itself you know mm-hmm. it's like it's just it is it's just a game well it's into itself in a, in a fun way like all the self-referential stuff about yeah it's you know it's a movie based on a game based on all that stuff it's like that's great like it's it it's it never goes too far i'd say it's a very kind of funny game like it's not hilarious it's consistently it's pretty funny you know and, and that's good and that's something that the the series has always done for me like i remember uh, the the PS3 ones like they were making jokes about MySpace and stuff, which at the time made sense. I think this game, you know, it might not be funny in ten years, but right now it is, and they did take a lot of time to make sure that it was funny for audiences now, and it shows. So, yeah, I you recommend should, it. You should play it. Greg. I recommend it. I want you to play I'm it. Eventually, all. I will. Yeah, it's, eventually, it's um, it's super fun, and I what I'm most interested to see now is that clearly this game is going to do very well. So, um. What does it mean for Ratchet moving forward? And will Insomniac be interested in making another one? And I hope that if they do, that they don't go back to going commando or anything like that, but that they just they just kind of make a new one. Yeah, and, I don't think that they would. Yeah. You know, I think that they 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 would have to just make a new sequel that is its own thing based on a second movie. I don't know. Although I want to be clear that this game 
isn't the first game like it, it like it is but it it isn't a beat for beat remake of the first game and that's what i thought i was getting myself into which is why i was not that excited about it because i'd played the first game twice you know so it's it's not it's not it's not the first game it's it's the first game kind of and yeah, I, mean, I think, I'd say eighty percent. Yeah, but I think the the beats are different. There are completely new places to go. Like there are new bosses. The the you know like it's the story's different. Like, so I think that there's the story's the same but different. Um, yeah, I mean for okay. So if anyone watches and reads The Walking Dead, it's very similar to that. Where it's like it is the gotcha. same thing, but it's different enough that it's like you're you're surprised at moments, and there is things that come out. And you're like, oh shit! Like you're getting to the same. You know, end goal, but like it is, it's a different ride. Are you excited for the movie at all? No, not really. I mean, I, I, I want to see. I'm interested in how the movie does because I was kidding around that this movie is so, so late, like 15 years late. Ratchet and Clank came out in 2002, so it's, it's been out for almost 14 years. Um, and they probably should have done this movie, you know, during the PS2 era, but, um, they're doing it now. And I wonder if this really is going to be an example of a series that was dormant or dying, because I think that insomniac, not to its own credit, cause they're a great studio, but Sony and insomniac together really almost did their best to kill this franchise. And, um, with all for one and with, uh, um, what was the fucking tower defense one? I can't even think of the name of it. Into the Nexus wasn't bad. Into the Nexus wasn't bad, but it was a budget short, core yeah, ratchet was, game that like seemed like the, it was made uh, very quickly quest for booty yeah exactly like it's it's they just didn't give it the love and care that a crack in time in 2009 really gave the series that was the last time the series got something it deserved like it deserved and um because ratchet deserves love and it deserves care and that's why i was so excited about with sly forward sanzaru is that i think that that game fits congruently with sucker punches sly games so I was excited to see a game that has fine production values and a lot of time and effort put into it. It is beautiful and it is fun and it is finely made and um, Insomniac deserves a lot of credit and Sony deserves a little bit of a shrug in terms of like, why aren't you pushing this harder? You know, it, it, it's the same thing with Until Dawn. You push the Order 1886 hard and you don't push, which that game's garbage mm-hmm. compared to this game. I think the and movie- I, I, that bothers me. You know, like it's like, come on, like this, this, this do this game justice. You have to know that this game's great. Yeah, and why aren't we hearing anything about it? Full frontal assault. Mm, yeah, with tower defense, and I still think that I think I, this is what we were talking about earlier. I think that you get out the game now to appeal to gamers. The game stuff's doing it, and then when the movie comes, that's when there's a real push. And that is the like promotion in theaters and on this. And uh, we we were talking maybe two months ago about is this even in theaters? Like we were a little unclear on yeah. if it was just a digital only game or if it was movie theaters. We're like, oh shit, it's actually a movie. It's theaters. a real thing. Yeah. And then every time we went to see a movie, there's a stand up all the time yeah. like a ratchet and clang and it's like damn this is a real thing this is a real thing and i went to see zootopia and every single trailer before it was cg talking animals but ratchet and clank was in there and it was a step above all the other shit i saw and it's like i i mean i'm a fucking grown-ass man so you know Are all you? the like eight-year-old kids next to me might not be able to tell the difference but maybe they can i don't know i guarantee you that all the parents that took their kids to see Zootopia. If they were watching all those trailers, if they were going to be like the next movie we're seeing, they would choose Ratchet and Clank. Nice, because the trailer definitely it. The movie it looks good, and they have the voice cast plus more and stuff. I think it's great. This is the first shot at a video game movie being good, a, a distributed video game movie in mean, theaters and stuff. Because it's like I mean, it is the source. You know, they are working on it, and it's like that. As far as I know, hasn't happened before with movies, but. Anyway, I'm pretty excited for it, and I overall for the whole series, like I'm excited to beat the game. I still got more to play. That's yeah, great. The, the last boss fight I think is a little underwhelming, just in the sense that it's easy, but the the game's easy. It's not hard. Uh, so, but that's not that's not my plan. It was nice to just play a very uh, loose kind of uh, just a video game. 
mm-hmm. and not something with like a, you know, like Greg was saying, like a social message or it's like so weighted down. With, uh, it's like those games are great. And I like playing those games, but it's, it was refreshing to play this game. And, Take a step uh, back would, to simpler times with Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, I think that's it's um, yeah, Bravado Insomniac. They really needed something. They make great games, but, you know, after Sunset didn't do very well on Xbox One and Resistance is kind of dormant or dead and no one really liked Fuse and it's, you know, they've they've been kind of struggling a little bit there and I've really been pleasantly surprised that there's still a vast studio that employs like a lot of people. So they're finally, they seem to be doing well financially and this should hopefully help buttress them a little bit and hopefully they get another contract to do the next one and um, hopefully it's a sign too that Sony might entrust them to bring back Resistance as well, which I think would be, which well, when the Resistance know, movie comes along, they'll have to. <laughs> Resistance would be a good movie if you did it right. Um, Falling skies, Noah Wiley. What up? So yeah, congratulations to Insomniac. Congratulations to Sony. Push this game. I think it. Des- I think it deserves to be pushed. And um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if this kind of game resonates and if we get more of these games in the future. Because the only other one that I can really think of that's outside of the Nintendo wheelhouse, of course, is, is Ukulele. And so that's of like a that people give a shit about. So um, I would. I would reckon that you're going to see some restraint on this because you haven't seen restraint on other trends that I think haven't panned out very well. Like everything's open world. Everything's nonlinear. Everything's choice based. It's like, yeah. all right, well, we well, get those also, once in a while. Speaking of that in this game, like I have fun in exploring the worlds, like in having all the, the raritanium and all the random cards and stuff. Like it really gives you a good reason to check every nook and cranny and the nooks and crannies aren't that far so it's not it's not too much to handle. And it, it feels is, obtainable. It feels obtainable and it's fun. And like th- this game is fun. That's the most important point I want to get home. And if you are thinking about buying it, do because it's fun and it's awesome. Yeah, and there's a lot of depth to it. Even though it's easy, there is a, a lot of depth to the game, to the systems of the game, replayability, um, nice trophy list. So yeah. is it hard to platinum it? No, you have to be done challenge mode. You have to kind of find all the gold bolts and stuff. I mean, it's not it's not going to be like a huge deal, but there are a lot of like incidental bronzes that are going to be the most annoying. Like you know, ride every. Um, every escalator or whatever without moving and stuff like that. Like that, that shit's going to be annoying. Yeah. So I don't know that I'm necessarily going to try to do that, but there are a few trophies I'd like to pick off and um, go back to and mess with the challenge mode. Cause I do like how they still have that in there, but it's something you kind of have to unlock as opposed to doing it. Cause I don't, I don't remember ever. I, I remember that being available at the beginning. Mm-hmm. could be wrong, but I don't think that it was uh, locked away. I think you're right about that. So Greg. Yeah. While we were playing Ratchet and Clank. Right. You were playing a little game called Quantum Break. I did. I played Quantum Break over the weekend and beat it over the weekend. Tell us all about it. Tim, I really enjoyed it. I liked Quantum Break quite a bit. And I was happy about that because coming in, it seemed like the reviews were a bit mixed and it wasn't sure where it was going to go. But based on the Let's Play I had, we had done you know, weeks back with Remedy when they were came through town, I was like, fuck. Because like when Quantum Break originally got announced and we didn't even know what the fuck it was, we were seeing a fucking ship hit a uh, bridge and then uh, this lady's got glass coming out her eye and stuff. It seemed cool. And the, it was exciting that Remedy was doing something after, you know, I mean, Alan Wake, I enjoyed as well. Uh, I was interested to see them try something new though, but keep doing the storytelling they're known for. And so... I was like, okay, cool. It was very much one of those games of like, I'm blackout. I don't need anything about it. You know what I mean? I don't have any real desire to know more about this until I get my hands on it. So when we sat down to do Let's Play, it was that, oh, oh, okay, cool. Like the story seems cool. Uh, The acting seems cool. I like where it's going. I, you know, when we're talking about all these different things, I had not never really stopped to think about how mechanically it was going to play. And so, like, to sit down and be like, oh, it's a third-person shooter. Like, it's unabashedly a third-person shooter. Picking up, you know, your machine gun, you have a handgun, you have your machine gun slot, your handgun slot, and then another gun slot. You know what I mean? Like, oh, cool, I'm picking these up and running around killing these things. Um, 
transitioning into that was cool during the Let's Play. Getting a taste of the powers in the Let's Play was cool, but then to sit down and play the entire game, that's when it really all clicked together. And what I found the most interesting about it was the fact that what I thought, you know, could have been their Achilles heel was those live action segments, right? Like, remember how confusing this was when mm-hmm. we're doing Quantum Break. It's going to be this narrative driven thing. It's a game. But then there's also TV episodes in there. And it was so confusing when they announced that of like, well, is this part of Xbox's entertainment initiative? Is this something that's air? No, it's coming. Then uh, you can't stream. And then eventually when you get to it, it's like, no, they just play in the episode and you're streaming them off the Internet and done. I'm like, oh. Okay, that seems weird and stupid, but well, whatever. You know what I mean? Because how many times have we seen that where it's games try to transition some aspect into a, a real life movie? Twisted Metal, exactly. Need for Speed, exactly. And do those ever really work? Twisted Metal Twisted is like metal. a B movie, so that makes sense. You know what I mean? <laughs> but this one, where we're telling a real narrative, we're telling a real story. We've hired actors and actresses you know, and for the, you know this guy from Game of Thrones, Iceman, Animorphs. Uh, sorry, Iceman. Uh, he was an Animorphs. Sean Ashmore. Yeah. Uh, we've brought these people in that you know from films and TV and you know how they're supposed to look so now we're going to go transition back and forth like uh, is that going to work but what was fascinating about it and what it sounds like such a marketing bullshit point of like because it was like oh well the game you're playing through you're playing through is the hero you know going up against a monarch then the episodes you watch are about what's happening with monarch and what the bad guys are up to in this in this world you're like Right, that kind of sounds stupid and it's going to be cliche and dumb and whatever. And it went the opposite where uh, I'm playing through the first level. Uh, I'm, you know, going to meet my buddy and there's this dude over there. He's like sitting there in a black trench coat and he's like, just keep, you know, the protest over there. I'm like, oh, like you're going to do something like you're a bad guy. And sure enough, he's a bad guy. He's like roughing you up. And, you know, he's like a henchman or whatever. And you're like, well, fuck this guy, stupid and just generic ass henchman. And then that first episode is so centered and the whole, the rest of them are, are so centered around his plot thread. And it's mm. this plot thread of all the, it's the multiple plot threads of all the people who are working for Monarch, who are the bad guys, even if they don't know they're the bad guys, really, you know what I mean? And you're going through and meeting them and this stupid henchman, right? That's like totally a throwaway dumb character and seems like your typical, like, I'm just, you know, this fucking mountain of a, a man. I'm a white guy with a gun. You're going to do this. Da, 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 da. And then to go with him back home and meet his wife and see what's happening and then it's see him. The wife. It's always the wife and yeah. see how th- his relationship with her and then the company and his bosses and how it all develops and how it goes and his, you know, story throughout it. It was like, fuck, this is really good. And I, I started getting super excited with it because it would be like, I'm getting hungry. Oh, I'm gonna hit it. I'm gonna hit an episode soon, and I'll pause it as soon as it starts, mm. and then I'll go cook dinner, and then I'll come back and sit and watch. And that's what I did. I, I planned. I didn't plan, but like every time I was ready for a meal during this one giant gameplay day, I'd you know make sure that I was ready to watch an episode while I did it. And you're meeting characters in the episodes that you won't meet in the game or see in the game. Then there are times that you are, of course, gonna cross over that Sean Ashmore's in it or whatever, or the guy from Game of Thrones. I have it up because I'm gonna screw it up. But what? Uh, Aiden, Aiden, I was going to get stupid Aiden. That still screws me up from David Cage. Who is he in Game of Thrones? Uh, Littlefinger. Got it. Uh, oh, that's right. Yes. He's, he's the, the bad guy yep. I and mean, he's the monarch guy or whatever. And so like he's in both of them and it, it works in the fact that the game doesn't run in that uncanny valley scenario where I'm watching the game or playing the game or I'm watching the episodes and playing the game and be like, this doesn't look good enough. They don't look real enough. This isn't, you know what I mean? Like you get over that where they transition, you know, when they transition out, it's, it's awesome. It, it does work. And then what it's, what I love about it. And again, it's not stupid because I was just blacked out. I didn't want to know much about it. Right. Is I love all the time travel stuff they fuck around with and do different stuff with. And you knew that was going to be there. It's quantum break, the stopping time. But as much as you're 
going back into the past and fucking with the timeline and their version, every version of time travel and the timeline's a little bit different, right? And there's totally is the thing of like, well, the past had to happen the way it happened to get us to here. So that will always be the thing. No matter what, you can't change that. And trying to fuck with that or trying to change it or trying to fuck that stuff up is great. And then it gets really cool in the fact that like, so you're playing as you know, through the episodes and you're playing as Jack Joyce. You're running around. And you're, you're, you know, you're this guy trying to help your brother, Dominic Monaghan. What up? Um, and do all this different time travel stuff. That's what you play as. And then when you end one of the acts as him or whatever, you get this interstitial where you go off and play as Aiden or whatever. And the bad guy in Monarch or whatever. And you play a, a real short section with him where you make a choice that then influences like is the branching path for that. So it's like the first one that was in our Let's Play ride is, uh, you know, some people saw you. You guys came in to get Jack and his brother. A whole bunch of protests saw you. You captured all these kids on campus, basically, and you have all these kids. And it's like, what do you want to do with these college kids? And like, you have two choices in front of you that you get to like pull the trigger and then have him talk a little bit. I see his time powers give him a little bit of a ability to see what's coming, even though he can't see it crystal clear. So you get like little snippets of conversations and what they're saying. And so it's like. You, your first choice with it is either with these kids, you can take this PR approach where you're going to say, okay, what we're going to do is not, you know, we're all the, this one, the leader of the kids we're going to put on camera and she's going to read a statement blaming Jack. He's a terrorist. This is what happens, but she's going to still be, you know, you're going to have a lot of loose ends and people are going to do it, but the city will trust us for the most part that they'll be after Jack. The downside is that they'll have Jackson have these new allies and these kids that can help him and get him information. Or we can straight up murder all these kids. We can kill every witness, take them out, you know, do all this different stuff. But, that the town is going to wonder what happened to all these kids in college and all the college they're going to turn on you. And like, so you have to, and like, that's just the first choice. And from there, I do, like every time you get to one of these points, you get those branching things mm. that then not only change, of course, what things going to happen in the game and ha- it's going to change what happens in the next episode in a way it's going to like, really? there's all these like ripple effects of it. And then in the game, there are these total, these, these are, I only, there's only like one or two. There's like neat little nods, but they're, it's neat little nods, right? We're in the game. Uh, you'll find things like there's an equation on a board again in the very early part of the game that if you go up to and interact with uh, your brother will come up and be like oh they got it wrong you know fix it or whatever then they'll go and then in the episode there's then an optional scene where they're like did you know that somebody solved the equation last night no what and they, they're talking about it and then like the camera pans over and it's like a neat little nod to what you've done and there's all but like there's like seven or eight of those in the game they're like hmm. these little breadcrumbs to go fuck around with but even without those the episodes are cool and it works and it's fun and what it's been interesting is I, I I've seen a little bit of it in comments and stuff. And then Colin and I've talked about it before and like, he'd say, Oh yeah, but people are pissed about those cutscenes, Right. And I'm like, Oh, like they aren't cutscenes, Right. They aren't like metal gear cutscenes where you're playing and then boom, this thing. like, it's very clear. Like you're playing, you're done playing. Here's your interstitial with the bad guy. And here's this episode that is optional, right? Like you could skip through it. And I think have a fine time with the game and play the game and the mechanics of the game would be really cool, but you wouldn't understand like, I mean, I think there's characters in the episodes I like more than people I like in the game, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, there's this one guy, I pulled him up here. He tweeted back at us when I tweeted about it. Um, Charlie is the character. Marshall Allman is the char- is the actor or whatever. And Charlie's whole story is super interesting because he is, like, he's kind of uh, what we always, you know, in the, the Kevin Smith jokes of, like, stormtroopers, right? Of, like, do they know they're working for the bad guys necessarily? And, like, how, so he's, like, doing all this stuff and then slowly kind of realizing how fucked up everything is and what's mm. happening. And then like, cause they once he doesn't know that there's like all this time travel shit happening until they see it firsthand and going through his story and doing like, I don't know. It's just, it was a really cool 
really fascinating experience of playing and totally. I I I feel like I'm talking so much about the actors and the cutscenes. I enjoyed the gameplay so much because the gameplay did a great job of ramping you up to feeling like you're fucking awesome because it is like you get the powers pretty quick and then it is like you're going through and finding collectibles in the environment that then are like upgradable points to make the powers better. And so as you get to the end and it's like you walk into a room full of dudes that before I'd been like, oh, fuck, like in cover, jumping out of cover. But now it's like speed running around or I guess, you know, freezing time and running around really quickly and running up and fucking punch him and killing him grabbing the one guy ripping his backpack thing off and then like you know the the heavy comes around that was such a hard fight in the beginning and then all of a sudden you just like charge up your time powers and blast him with it so he's slowly going down and you run up on a shotgun and just douche 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 like, it's it's like awesome like they, the the combat and the way it all comes together is awesome it falls it, it, the i feel like i haven't played a pure third person shooter in a long time and it definitely falls into that i think uh the trouble spot that so many do where it's like all right we're ramping up to the very end, so here's three corridors of every enemy you've and like, oh, Jesus Christ. And then some kids were bitching about it online for being hard, the final boss battle. I didn't have that experience. I just find it really boring. Like that, you know, but I mean, like, that's all just the normal thing of like, right? Like, game, try, no, trying to end a game. I feel like every time mm-hmm. you get to an end, you have a boss battle, so you're like, well, you why, you, yeah, how are you going to do or whatever? I had a blast. I had a lot hmm. of fun. Uh, I, people keep asking me if I would play it again. In a different world, yeah, where we had more time and I, I had more free time and there weren't a million games to play right now, I would totally run it again to see the different choices and how it all plays out, but had a great time and I was I was super super happy it came through. I heard rumors, you know, I caught the the headline on Twitter once in a while of like, Quantum Break's five and a half hours and I was like, oosh, is it? It wasn't for me. It was like, I think between 10 and a half, 12, I forget what my clock was at the end and that was missing some of the collectibles not having fully upgraded yeah. i would go back and see how the other choices played out and stuff like that got a lot of questions right? i know sorry i just i've oh, no, that, that pouring it all out to you so uh I don't, I don't really know how this works how long are the episodes about 20 22 minutes okay and how many are there ish i would say there's five if, if i if i remember it off the top of my head how many acts there were i could tell you precisely there's four or five maybe okay. Yeah. Okay, so it's not that much. No. So is it like and, is the total length of it about a movie's length uh, of the cutscene or mm-hmm. the cutscenes of the <laughs> television the episodes? Yeah, probably right because okay. that would be like what eighty minutes right there if it was even because there's at least four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you you said you could play the game without watching the things because they're optional, but they're not really optional. They're part of it. Sure, they're telling you cool things and making you care more about the characters. Could you watch just the movie and not or just the, the show you, and not play the game? Oh well, no, because you have to unlock them. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they are they are cutscenes, but they're optional cutscenes. Cutscenes to me always make it sound like, all right, cool, we've opened a door and the cutscene plays, and I'm talking to you, and da da da, and then the cutscene ends, and we're right back where we were. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is very much like, I feel like it's almost intersplicing chapters. There's a chapter of gameplay. There's a chapter of this video. A chapter of gameplay. A chapter of the video. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those like if you're in a mood and you just want to play the game right and just see Jack's story and you don't care what why Monarch's doing what they're doing or any of that stuff like that maybe not the game for you because this game is super like this game is a remedy game and what that means is like here it is dripping with narrative it is dripping with story it's like when you're walking around you can you know like the first part you get dropped off by the cabbie and you walk over to meet your friend or whatever in the physics building that walk took me 
20 minutes because I walked over and talked to the protest girl and then I read the flyers that were up and then I watched the Alan Wake teaser and then I did, you know what I mean? Like you do all these different things. And then once you're in there, even you're finding computers and they're all, I, 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 it's been, I played over the weekend. It, it, it's like a narrative objectives or narrative pieces found. Is it going to be like, you know, X out of Y or whatever. And so you'll go to a computer and open it and you'll get an email that you read that's talking about what's happening. And it's, you know, usually somebody from Monarch talking to somebody else from Monarch and mm-hmm. it's, a game where I I think it's a whole experience, but if you did just want a gameplay, you could totally, all right, cool, I'll get to come back to this and pop out of the movie, go play the game, and then at the end, sit down and be like, all right, now I'll watch every episode back to back to back. I wouldn't recommend it. How's the production value on the show? Because like my worry would be that it's kind of... You know, suffering. Sure. And you said something about like the some of the actors not being in, in all of it or whatever. Like, do you think that that was like a budget thing? Or? No, I think it's the fact that like why it doesn't make sense for um, Charlie's would be girlfriend really to get in Jack Joyce's story at all. Like she has they all have their own narrative and objective in the story. And so they're off doing their thing and the worlds don't have to cross over necessarily. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, projection value for the TV show. I thought were really well done. Like it, I it, don't get me wrong. There's definitely scenes with like, uh, Aiden and his uh, right hand man or whatever where it's like okay you guys are on green you're not really in this office building but then there's other stuff where it's like there's an awesome fight scene in a hospital and it was like oh this is actually really well done it's not Daredevil but it's like this is it isn't clear that I'm watching something you know you're watching something that I feel like all right, cool this is not TV because it's more not risque but it feels grittier right but not like low budge but it's not like okay yeah yeah it's fair enough and then uh, does it when you're playing it, does the, the TV stuff feel like expanded universe stuff that you're just getting at the time? So it like kind of adds to it or does it really feel like it's a cohesive experience with the gameplay and TV show together? I think it's a cohesive experience mm-hmm. for sure, because okay. like there there it is, you know, um, there's one part with the guy I was talking about before where you you would pick up as Jack and you would leave a building and you would not understand what you just did in that building because what happened happened in the episode. Now, not necessarily Jack running around doing it because they want you to control that, obviously. But in terms of like, they're having this like tense standoff, you know what I mean? It's not a real spoiler, but the tense standoff and their guns are drawn and they're yelling at each other. And then the camera just does like the little, like the cutting back and forth between people and it cuts to the guy and then it pulls out and his hand's empty. And then they cut to the girl and her hand's empty. And she's like, fuck! And she throws up in the van and he's gone. Mm. And so like, that's the thing of like, he, you know, it can exist in between the space between spaces. He can be in these moments or whatever. So for him to wake up in the van and then freeze time and get out and do that stuff. And then you pick up with him after that part of the episode's end is like, that was awesome. Like, yeah. that was a really cool move. What's very exciting to me is the idea of, so it's choice based and there's different branching paths. How that interplays with the, the video footage. Mm-hmm. Is it all slight things like, oh, there's this bonus thing. If you do this, then there's an equation on the, the board or is that, there that, I mean, that, episodes that you are totally different? There's uh, That's a great question. I have not gone and watched all the alternate whatever it would be like for sure. There's a choice you make uh, as the monarch lead right before like the final stuff where theoretically when you come back, that should be a completely different episode and ending. I haven't gone and explored it myself to watch it, mm-hmm. but it, it's definitely, he's acting in a different way and talking in a different way. And you're choosing at one point who to trust. So who's going to be with you and what they're going to react to is going to be different as well. That's cool. Yeah. So obviously Xbox exclusive, right. Console wise. Yeah, sure. Is it worth PS4 owners seeking out an Xbox, whether that's using a friends or getting one to play this game? Getting one, I mean, is always hard. Don't buy a system for one game, I always say. You know what I mean? If you can, I mean, I think there's plenty of other reasons. Gears 4 is coming out this year and State of Decay. Come on. Uh, but in terms of borrowing it, yeah, I would say for sure. Like, I'm t- I, you have one, I'd say for sure play it. If you're into story-based games, mm-hmm. if you're into time travel, if you're into cool performances and 
a different kind of game. Like, you know what I mean? Because again, like cutscenes, oh, we've seen cutscenes before, but I don't feel like we've seen episodic narrative in this way where it's like, all right, cool, plays this guy, great. You've reached the end of his act. Let's check in on what's happening over here on these other people and what's going on. Yeah. I mean, I guess the biggest question is, does it feel gimmicky at any point? Like it didn't for me. The- no, and I w- that was my whole thing. When that first episode starts, you're, I'm like, let's see how bad it looks. Let's see where where am I going to see that it, clearly everything's green screen and these people aren't putting in good performances. And everybody's like, everybody buys in. There's no actor I'm watching who's like, oh, totally, totally phoning this in. They don't mm-hmm. really care about what's happening. Cool. Yeah. Any questions, Colin? No, Greg and I talked about it pretty extensively before you know when he beat it. So I don't have any questions that I that I have lingering at this point. Sounds great. Um, but uh, not a game I'll probably explore anytime soon. I assume the next Xbox One game I'll play is, is Gears. 4. Gears. But yeah, I I satiated myself by talking to Greg about it uh, this weekend. So I have no outstanding questions. And you touched on basically everything that uh, um, that I was wondering or that I had wondered. Although I do think it's telling, depending on the game you're looking for, because you're right. Remedy is very is always very plot driven. Um, that you didn't even talk about how the game played for a very long time. So I think well, that that says I, that, I think that that says more about what the emphasis of the game is, um, as opposed to maybe some more dynamic but still third person shooting that seems to be pretty, pretty standard. Which I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Uncharted has very standard third exactly. Person, third, That's the thing. Like what I, if you're going to talk about what's brilliant, different, and newsworthy. Worthy, I think it is the acting of the whole cast. I think it is the episodic infrastructure, and then it is like the time powers, but we've had time powers before. We fucked around before. Shooting's fun. It works really well. It, it does. I, I kept making a joke because I was playing it, and then uh, Fran and Ty hit me up to come on for Division, and it was so weird. I was telling them to play a game where headshots mattered again. You know what I mean? After a division where it's just like, I'm just blasting you in the face, wait, waiting for you to die. Whereas yeah. like quantum break is like you pop up and you perfect. And like, especially when it's the last person and it'll go slow mode. You're like, fuck yes. This is fuck awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking die pig. <laughs> he, they're not cops. They're bad guys. So thumbs up. Yeah. Thumbs up. I liked it a lot. Cool. This topic brought to us by pro flowers. Mom has always been an expert on everything. Cooking, relationship advice, fixing your cuts and bruises. Do jeans count as business casual? How quickly does chicken thaw? How do I do my taxes? The one thing you can't go to her for advice on is what to get her for Mother's Day. That's true. Shit, is Mother's Day coming up? How far away is Mother's Day? I don't know. May 14th? May? May? Okay. It's around there. It's around there. Not to worry. You'll look like an expert on Mother's Day when you use Pro Flowers. Pro Flowers takes the guesswork out of sending mom, grandma, or wife the perfect Mother's Day gift. Pro flowers are guaranteed to be fresh and beautiful for at least seven days or your money back. You can get mom a hundred blooms with a free glass vase for $19.99 plus shipping and handling or make her a day extra special by upgrading to a premium vase and add gourmet chocolates for just $9.99 more. Visit proflowers.com, click the blue microphone in the top right corner and type in KF Games. Remember, Mother's Day is right around the corner. Order today because this offer expires Friday at midnight. I'm not sure which Friday. Whoever makes the, the, the vase out of chocolate, that'll be the one. That'll, that'll be, be the, the real. That that would probably be a bit more than an extra nine ninety nine. But anyways, go to proflowers.com, click on the blue microphone, type in KF Games, get a good deal, make your mom happy, make your mama proud. Yeah. Topic number three: What we've been playing lately, mm. Colin? What you been playing lately? Uh, mostly Vita at this point. Uh, Ratchet took a lot of my time. We t- we already discussed Ratchet pretty extensively, so we don't talk about that anymore. Um. So the the game I'm playing right now is Severed, although I can't talk about it. The game's embargoed actually for a long time. I don't think that we're even allowed to talk about it extensively until after PAX East. Um, That's where I'm at with Star Fox. 
But uh, there's a lot of those got, games got right now. Yeah, but I will. I, I'm comfortable saying knowing Drinkbox and knowing the PR agency that's repping them. I think I'm comfortable saying that Severed uh, is um, a game worth being excited about. I mean, that's 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 my my interpretation of it. My, I th- the way I keep interpreting it for people, right, is I played an hour of it last night, uh, and I, the, the hour confirmed everything I've said at the packs as I played it. Where I'm like, this is fun. I think I'd like to play this. I can't wait to play more of this. All of that's the sh- you know after playing an hour of it, I'm still like. Okay, yeah, I want to play more. I want to do more with this. It's a game that seems to become more cohesive the more you play it, and and uh, I'm pretty far in it now. For those that um, don't know, what is it? It's Sever? a Vita exclusive um, game from Drinkbox Studios. These guys do the Mutant Blobs game and Guacamelee. They've been working on this game for about a couple, uh, two years, a little more than that. And uh, it is a DRPG, and you don't see many of these anymore. So it's like a first-person role-playing game in a dungeon, so um, a first-person perspective. You just don't see a lot of dungeon-crawling RPGs like this. So a lot of them actually come out of Japan because they're very popular there, especially on Vita um, and on PC, but you don't see... That's not a that's not a well-worn um, genre in the West anymore. It used to be. Uh, so think about like Shadowgate or something like that. Um, so uh, it's a game where it's all touch-based and you... Um, it's not all touch-based. You use the sticks to kind of go around these environments and you're exploring these interconnected environments. The art style is very similar to Guacamelee. One of my first questions was, is it in the same world as Guacamelee? Um, which I don't think it is. Uh, but um, you fight these enemies in... You can fight up to four of them, I think, at a time. You might be able to fight five of them, I think four of them at a time. Um, I believe it's four. And the enemies appear on your, like, so that an enemy can be behind you or to your side or your front. And each of them um, has, like, defensive postures and offensive postures. And you slash with your finger, depending on where they're not guarding themselves. Um, so, like, a spider enemy might be, like, ho- having his hands up here. So you, like, slice him here. And then he goes down here and you slice him uh, ahead, uh, on his head. So it's like Skyward Sword. Uh, yes, it's kind of like Skyward Sword. Um, and, uh, but not, uh, never mind. So, uh, <laughs> So there's these circle icons that represent all the enemies and you can click, you can like press them to turn around and fight the next enemy and these yellow gauges fill up to show like when they're going to attack. So you have to like face the enemy and either interrupt their attack or block their attack by slashing them in the opposite direction that they're slashing at you. Parry. So uh, parrying, exactly. So there's there's a lot of, uh, the, the the combat's actually super dynamic and people who've played it at PAX and E3 and all that kind of stuff know that the, the combat is, is super dynamic. And what's weird is like, I'm, you know, I don't like touch-based games. You know what I mean? And and I there's the occasional one that'll come through and this is one that from all those PAX demos I've had where you played, I'm like, oh, okay. This is different. This is fun. It's making me think. It's making me move. It's not just like mindlessly doing that because if you mindlessly do that, then they block and you lose your, uh, what do they call it? There's like a multiplier that it Frenzy grows and then, and then if you build this meter up, then you can actually slice their limbs off uh, with your, like when they're dead and collect their body parts to upgrade your character. Naturally. Um, as you do. So yeah. the, you play as a female who has one arm, her arm's been sliced off and she's like looking Severed. for, she's yeah. looking for her family. Um, and, uh, we can't, I'm not going to talk too much more about it cause I don't want to break the embargo, but, um, Yeah. It's a game we're keeping on. The other game I'm playing uh, that I think Greg has talked about in the past is Hitman Go. And I, I, um, this, it would be disingenuous to me not to give credit to Hitman Go as a touch based. It was a cell phone game and it's a mobile game. Um, and, uh, but of course mobile games suck until they come to Vita. Exactly. Until they get a trophy. Nope. Um, but it's, uh, the, the word I used to describe, describe it as actually, it's quite clever. And, um, and I, First of all, I couldn't imagine playing it on a touchscreen. I mean, I'm playing it with the D-pad and like buttons and stuff, and it's I I I think you I'm sure you could figure it out on a touchscreen, but it's simple. But it's I like playing it. It seems very tactile to me. Um, but I'm really enjoying it. It's hard and it's 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 forgiving. Like you're not necessarily dying and losing anything, but figuring out how to do things to get all three medals or whatever on each stage as you go is cool. And I like the idea of it just being like a board game. It's like a meta game. 
basically like you're playing a digital board game and you're going around and trying to assassinate people. And it's, it's cool. I, I, I like it a lot and it, it occupied a lot of my time flying back from Austin to uh, San Francisco when we were yeah. flying back last week. I haven't gone back to it since I've had severed and I also have Axiom Verge on Vita. So that's, I'm going to try to save that. Um, that'll be out actually by the time I play it, which will be when we're going to PAX, but um, in Boston. So that's kind of what I've been spending my time with. In addition, to, I haven't gone back to the division. I'm kind of just desperate to get it over with at this point. Um, it's not a reflection on the game. It's a reflection on how I want to spend my time. And otherwise, I'm waiting for, you know, primarily for Alienation at this point, um, mm. which is the, the, the Housemark PS4 game that I should get very soon. So that's basically it. I highly recommend you try Lower Croft Go. I will when it comes to Vita. It will eventually. I but hope it's so. worth playing on, easy the, play. on the phone because it, uh, it's kind of easy. It's a little bit easier than Hitman Go, I think. But there also they, there's like a, a DLC package that I'm pretty sure is free if you get the game. Um, that makes it a lot harder. Like there's a bunch of new levels that are way more challenging, and those are awesome. Like it really makes you feel like you're doing something good when you beat a level, and I like that. What about you, Greg? So Quantum Break was the big one in yeah. terms of like all my time, but then I did other stuff. Uh, I hit level thirty in Division. Uh, Congrats! No, thank you. Jeez, some supportive friends you Enter are. Enter the dark zone. Enter the dark. Well, I was already doing some dark zone. I was fucked around. This means. But the, yeah, so well, the dark zone's cool, and I ran around there, and I got my dark zone's uh, mean. I got my. It is. I got my Midas Uzi. See, I've had the opposite impression though. Like it could be mean. It hasn't been mean to me because there was a great moment where I was like, I'm gonna run around the dark zone by myself, and I ran in there, and some dudes popped up, and I was waiting for time frame or whatever the hell they were doing, and so I was in there by myself. Dudes popped up. I started shooting, and like, of course, the dark zone's deal is like, you know, they're level thirty and they're all purples, and then there's like a team of bad guys. NPCs or whatever or you know what I mean uh, and so they surrounded me and then another guy had spawned into the dark zone was running and he stopped and helped me and then we teamed up and then we just ran around for like an hour collecting awesome weapons extracting stuff we, and we kept randomly picking up other people and nobody went rogue nobody in the entire group we had no mics nobody nobody was being a dick about it. I was like that's fucking cool that's what it's about then though so I hit level 30 done school stuff I'm all in this is fun I'm having a great time then uh, Saturday stopped playing quantum break to jump on and play with Ty and Fran again and Ty had been playing all day long, but he had been grinding one mission where he was just like trying to get Phoenix credits. So he's just replaying this mission over and over and over again to get Phoenix credits. And then we went and did one of the challenges or whatever. And it was totally like we're in there and it's like, all right, you guys pop this on this thing and you do that. And like, this is how we're going to are and like calling things out. And it was like very like we used to run the, through these missions and have fun and talk to each other. And now it's very much about how to best this mission and how to get this. And I'm like, I'm not feeling this. And like, I did it once. And they're like, all right, let's do it again. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to stop now. And I, for me, I was like, this is interesting. If this is my, the death needle of the division for me, you know what I mean? Of like, is this, cause that was a huge blow of like, Ugh, I don't want to do that. I don't think. And I don't know how to handle that. But then the next day I tried to play a bunch of stuff and I did. And it was like, Hmm, I have a, I have time. I have like 30 minutes to an hour before I have to go do whatever I'm about to go do. I want to play something. I guess I'm jumping back in the division and I went and then I, you know, popped out a few other trophies because I'm close. Like, I'm like, I was looking here. I'm what? 67% on the trophy list. And it's like a lot of the main time sinks have been sunk. You know what I mean? Like even if I don't go for the platinum, I just need to collect a few more dog tags and a few more cell phones and a few more laptops for each one of those trophies to pop. And so I'm in this weird spot of like, I, you know, they just dropped the incursion or whatever. Alfredo, of course, has been going crazy. But like Alfredo's putting up his character and his stats and what his loadout is. And it's just like, mine is not that. And does that mean that I, I'm already to that point where I either have to get on the treadmill really fucking hard, the the grind treadmill, the gear treadmill here, or can I just pop in itself fun but not be as fucking godlike as he is? You know what yeah. I mean? And so I don't know where I'm going to end up with the division because I'd like to keep playing it. I do, I do like when it was like, all right, cool. It is kind of that, like, well, 
I can still go for it though. You know what I mean? Even though, but mm-hmm. then if not, if it's going to be the experience I had where it was like, all right, let's do the same thing and you pop your special on this and I'll pop my, no, no, not that. So that was, that's been part of it. Uh, so then, yeah, that enter the gungeon. I jumped into enter the gungeon. I'd been waiting a long, long time since Nick and I saw that at that event. I think it was for a gamescom thing here in uh, San Francisco, totally delivered on what I wanted. Yeah. Uh, you enter the gungeon, you know, randomly generated dungeons where you run around with awesome guns and shoot little bullet guys who shoot back and you try to get better gear to beat the boss to get to the next level. And it, what's interesting is when I played it and I was there, I was like, Oh, this is fun. It's like, you know, it's basically like a twin stick shooter or whatever. Like I'm shooting my 360 degrees and running around shooting everything. Great. This is fun. And then getting it home and playing it, I was like, Oh, it's, it's a, you know, it's dungeon crawler. It's all this different thing. It's like Rogue Legacy, but then dying and starting again, Rogue Legacy, when you die, you kept your gold and you got to go buy something to make the next round easier or whatever. Uh, that's not happening here with the exception of some credits I'm getting up here that I haven't found what to spend them on. Right? I'm still early. You know what I mean? It's still probably the first two hours of playing this game, mm-hmm. but you die, you restart and you just go again and die and restart and go again, but without having to do anything. And I was like, oof. I like the way Rogue Legacy did it. I don't know if I'm going to hang out and play mm. it, but lo and behold, I keep playing it. I yeah. keep wanting to play it. The dun- it dungeon. looks awesome. It, it looks is. Like a it's really fun. Cool it's clever. It's cute. It's funny. It's got everything going for it. The characters feel different. Like the, I was playing forever as the uh, pilot because he looks like Nathan Drake. And then I was like, oh, now I'll try the Marine who looks like, uh, you know, a Halo Spartan or whatever. He had a different gun set. He was different. And there's all these, like, there's two or three two other characters that I haven't run with yet. And I want to jump in and play with them and get a feel for who I like and what, who's making the most sense for me as a player. Uh, but enjoying it. Uh, it's, it's just spelunky when I thought it was rogue legacy, if that yeah. makes sense. You know what I mean? And I don't know if I'll ever be good enough to get to the bottom and do all these different things, but I'm, I'm enjoying it as a distraction. Uh, when I got, I took a break from that. I played episode two of Michonne, the walking oh, cool. dead Michonne liked that a lot more than I liked episode one. Episode one, I was like, no, it was an experience. That was fine. This one was your making choices. They matter. There's action. It wasn't just like trying like that episode one, for a three episode series. I thought pacing would be hard. And I think that's what happened with episode one where episode one very much was like we're going to start you into this thing. And it's like, well, you're burning clock. I already know who Michonne is. Why are you doing it like this? And this one was, okay, cool. Let's make choices. Let's kill things. Let's have action. Let's see what, you know, let's make choices that matter, which is what yeah. Walking Dead's all about. Had a lot of fun with that. Um, Severed, I've been playing. I've been playing Valkyria Chronicles. I also can't talk about that. I think that covers everything that I've been playing recently that I can speak to. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, it. Well, this weekend was like two days and it was like, you know, two days here in San Francisco, which I hadn't had in three weeks yeah. and I won't have for another five weeks. So all I did was sit there and not shave and play games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I played more games in the last week than I have in a very, very long time. I beat, I played a lot of, played a lot of ratchet. Um, I've played a lot of Star Fox. I'll talk about that next week. Uh, the one thing I do want to say about that game is for everybody saying that you can turn off motion controls. You cannot. So many people have been giving me shit because I keep saying, no, they're not telling me if you can. Or can. You cannot. There's an option where you can make it so that it's only when you're sh- like charging your laser that motion controls turn on, but that's the entire game. So that's fun. So it's great. Uh, I have a lot of, I, I have a, I have good things to say about the game and I have bad things. And one of those outweighs the other. We'll have to find out next Can't week. Um, but there are other surprises that happened this week that I'm pretty excited about. Kingdom Hearts Unchained Key is what it's called, but it looks like an X, but it's a key. I don't know. It's square. You know, they just named things they in things. the most convenient ways possible. This is something that 
I I've known was happening. It's been out in Japan for a long time, but I didn't know that it was being ported <laughs> over to America. I know that there was like a a movie that's going to be in Kingdom Hearts two point eight. I think they're calling it. I'm lost in all this shit. And it just reached the point. That I'm like, all right, whatever. When it happens, it happens. Um, it happened. This game came out, free to play mobile game, and I'm like, Kingdom Hearts, free to play mobile. I'm sure I'll try it. Way deeper than I thought it would be. Mm. Way more fun, and you don't need to buy anything at all. You just keep playing. There's like it's it's a it's a game. <laughs> it's not some bullshit. It's the it's there's story that is completely canon and completely relates to the the whole thing. It relates to Kingdom Hearts three. This is the the first thing in the timeline of Kingdom Hearts. So it was the earliest we've ever seen. It deals with the pre Keyblade War stuff, and there's naturally. actual yeah naturally there's actual uh, Disney worlds in it. And stuff. There's there's music that's Kingdom Hearts music. It's not weird, shitty you know mobile songs and stuff. Yeah. It's like it. This is it's real. And I'm like, damn. I, I I'm shocked at the production quality of the game. Um, I was playing. I played it for a couple hours, and the the gameplay starts simple, and it starts getting a, a bit more and more complex as you go on. The battle system. It's all touch based. You just kind of like point where you want to go, and then the your little guy goes. Um, there's groups of bad guys. If you hit a bad guy, they spawn a a couple others around them. So it's like, there's one bad guy that you touch. It turns into like three. And as you're fighting them, it's like this like card based system where, um, each character is a different color. There's red, blue, and green. And each bad guy is a different color too. And depending on your card, it's, you know, rock, paper, scissors, scissors type system where I think it's blue beats green, green beats, red, red beats blue. Sure. And, uh, depending on the card, you want to attack that guy first and just kind of cycle through. And it is just, quick and easy swipes but it's perfect for a mobile game it's perfect for a, all right i'm just gonna do three more stages and just kind of bang them out when you're like in line for something right um but i like that there's a, a fair amount of actual story going on and there is characters like you're talking to aladdin you're talking to hercules you're talking to like things where i'm like fuck like this i would have never expected this from a mobile game so uh very pleasantly surprised by that also on the mobile front mitomo that was a thing that happened. oh yeah um it's. Did you guys play it at all? No. Use it at all? Play it's kind of a, a weird word to, to use with it, but I mean it's it's cool. Like when remember when you first made an Avatar on Wii? Yeah. And it was like this is cool. You know, like it's just kind of like the, the whole avatar. There's something about avatars that is just appealing. You know, creating yourself, answering questions, just kind of like you know choosing, tweaking the eyebrows and the clothes and stuff. Like there's something about that that is just inherently likable. And I think the Mitomo is it's a cool step in taking some of the the most memorable parts of that and just expanding on it. Like there's something addicting about answering questions about yourself. You know, what's your favorite ice cream? What do you think about this? And there's all it is is just like question, question, question. And then you, it's a point system based on how many questions you ask. Wasn't there there was a we we channel that was all questions, right? Wasn't there the voting the polls? I remember oh, doing I that when the, I, when I the remember. we first came out. I'm not making this up. You're I don't a bunch of psychos. Maybe. That, okay. uh, we had a lot of things that they did for a while and it stopped. Um, but th- this is interesting in that it seems like it's getting a lot of pickup. Like everyone on Twitter that we follow is using it. And I feel like the fall off for that hasn't been too crazy. Like people are still posting pictures of their me like characters doing weird ass shit. I think Nintendo made some really smart calls in terms of creating a platform that people are going to use socially on other social networks. Because um, I'm seeing it on Instagram, on Twitter, on like all these different things. People are making vines with the the stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's that's smart. Because um, now these me characters are everywhere. Yeah, not enough to keep me going though. Like I was like, all right, I'm done asking questions, answering questions. 
And it's a little more difficult than it needs to be to create a friends list in classic. Nintendo oh, wow. Fashion. Who would have thought? I know. Um, if that stuff wasn't true, like I feel like there's there's really something there. And uh, again, this is one of those things where this isn't for everybody. This isn't for people looking for a game. This is not that. Um, there's a couple mini games in it. They're not really fun. They're distractions <laughs> at best. And uh, I feel like if they were a little bit more fleshed out and if they weren't so hard to access, you need to like get a certain amount of points to be able to even play the mini games. And the mini games remind me a lot of when the DS first came out, like when you played uh, Mario 64. There was like a set of mini games that came with where it's like Mario's would like would be falling from the sky on the top screen and you have to like swipe to like bounce in different places. It's that type of stuff, which it's fun distractions. But now that we have mobile games, like that's what those are. So this feel it feels incomplete for sure. But um, I'm happy that it's getting the type of pickup that it is because I think that's a good sign that if this was a feature in another game, it could be really cool. Mm. Um, Keep in mind, a lot of the pickup you're seeing though is just Mike Drucker tweeting 20 times a day about well, his Mike fucking Miyatoba. And his, his his see he is a perfect example of somebody that should be using Miyatoba because his answers are so funny. So when Mike Drucker comes in and like his question and answer pops up, it's like this is what this is for. It's mm. for following the right people, not a fucking bunch of shitheads. You know, unfortunately, I got a bunch of shithead friends. I've, I've noticed. Yeah, sorry, Kevin. Anyway. I haven't opened it in like a week. So that's how So how you're going to be a Tomo and there's probably starving to death. Probably. And that's the thing. You don't do anything like that. It's not even a Tamagotchi. It's just answer questions. Um, and then in terms of actual console games, we did the Final Fantasy 15 Uncovered event. We did. And at that event, we announced that the, the Platinum, Platinum demo. demo was going to be announced or released tonight. And I didn't get to play it because we were there. We were drinking our heads off. Um, then when I got back, I finally got time to play it. Very short. It's... No I, good? I put 30 minutes into it. Yeah. I mean, it's not great. It's not bad. It's I hear, unnecessary. I hear it's, I hear it's pretty bad from some people. That's pretty, that's pretty bad. I mean, yeah. it's it's so, it's very unnecessary. Um, it's about, if it's 30 minutes, I'd say it's, it's 25 minutes of just weird. It's a weird tech demo that shows off a bunch of the like weather effects right. and just like different game effects that don't affect the player at all. Like these are things that the player aren't going to be doing in the actual game. So I don't really understand the thought process behind it. Um, at this point, we know the game looks good. Like we don't need to know that there's a day night cycle and stuff like that. You, you start off as, as Noctis and then you you're asleep and you're dreaming. So you're in this dream and the opening bits. It's cool. Cause you're in this like Canyon and you start to see a bunch of the summons and the sense of scale is ridiculous. And I'm like, fuck, this is awesome. But then nothing really happens with that because it's a dream. Then you just move on to the next dream sequence and you're like in a in a room and it's very Kingdom Hearts-esque, like Alice in Wonderland where you're tiny and everything's really Is that when you really get the big. big hammer? The, the squeaky hammer? Yeah, you have a squeaky hammer. And it's like, it's it, it really misses the mark in a lot of ways where it's like, had they just made a, a demo more similar to Disguise or whatever the, the other one was, but just shorter? I oh, think it's gay. Duskai, I think it's Duskai. Duskai. They they uh, corrected me when I said Duskai. <laughs> it's a made up word. Yeah, it is. Um, it was interesting to me that it that they would make these calls because like the squeaky hammer, hammer, like it's cute and weird, but like I guess that's the thing. It's a very Japanese game, and this is a very Japanese demo. It's very just kind of out there. You're in this weird little toy car, and you're doing stuff. I'm like, why? What is happening? And it it happens so fast that you then moved on to the final section. And the final section is a boss fight with uh, this iron giant thing, and you turn into adult Noctis, 
And you'll you do carbuncles helping you out. Carbuncles the fucking homie. Name mine Portillo. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, See, that's the thing is like no matter how bad this demo is or how weird it is, I'm still gonna do it at some point because I want to make sure I have carbuncle in my game. Yeah, you got it. I mean, again, it's so fast. You can beat this thing. If you if you ran through it, I think you'd probably get it done in like 15 minutes. Okay. Um, so then we get to the, the final part, which is the boss fight. And that's the thing that I wish that I could be like, the, uh, that part was awesome. So it's all all fine. It's so awesome, but it's so easy. And the battle system is so dumbed down for the demo that I'm like, why did you even do this? It's like, you might as well be watching a trailer. Like, you can just hold circle and win. Like, the battle system's weird. And you don't even need to tap it. You just hold it. Okay. And it's like an auto dodge and attack thing. I'm like, all right, cool. Um, it's a spectacle to look at. It's really, it's really cool. And I'm like, man, can't wait to play the actual game. Like, I can't wait till there's actually an enemy that is a challenge and we're built up and I have more, my magic spells have an actual use and stuff instead of just having fire that like, you can use that to win or you can use your sword to win. Um, but what is cool is, and this is optional, you don't need to do this. Uh, before you beat the thing, you can go back and there's this, if you go to the other end of the level, there's like a, a little platform you step on that makes it respawns the the giant. And then you can go to the building and like go all the way up the skyscraper and then warp strike down from like a hundred stories up to, to attack him. And that's really cool. And it reminds me of the Final Fantasy versus 13 trailer that came out millions of years ago when he like does that in the trailer and being able to actually control it and do it is really cool. Uh, but then, yeah, then the trailer, or the demo ends and Carbuncle's ears for the game. But Carbuncle. I was very shocked at how weird the demo is. It's like, man, this is what you're going to put for free in front of people that aren't interested in Final Fantasy. Yeah. 15? Yeah. Interesting call. Um, I'm very excited about the game. Still, that event got me fucking stoked. And uh, this was definitely, it left a sour taste in my mouth. I'm like, why? Like, <laughs> why'd you do this? It, it would have been better if they just didn't do it. Yeah. You know? But, yeah, I'd, I'm interested to see what you have to say about the, the final game when it comes out. Like, I wonder if it even can win you over. I, I think it is. Yeah, I'm going to play it. It's just, I'm curious if anyone's, I mean, not anyone, but I'm curious. I think, I think this game doesn't look right. And that's all, and that's all I'll say is that it just doesn't feel right to look like just... What is this game? Why are they in this car? Who See, are these stuff people? I'm not worried about oh, a I lot think, of people are though, and and I think that I think that they have every right to be. I don't understand. This is a weird this game's. This game oozes weirdness, and I don't feel like Final Fantasy Seven and Final Fantasy Nine and Final Fantasy Twelve and Six and whatever like games people like in different <laughs> ways. Like oozed a uniqueness, not a weirdness, and I think that that's. This game just looks strange to me, and uh, I'm intrigued. I'm super intrigued. I'm super excited to play because I'm just. Int- I just want to see what it is. Yeah. yeah, I didn't think the demo was like the, the the real demo. Do Sky was all that compelling to me, so it was. Uh, I don't know, we'll see. September 30th, apparently. <laughs> I think playing it, uh, my I, my biggest issue besides the demo being weird is the fact that the the game looks like it's an action game but it still is kind of a, you know, slower paced RPG thing. So it's, it's kind of weird where the, it, the controls don't feel as natural as I want them to. Um, I feel like a lot of the moves, it, it looks like it feels like God of war and it's not. Okay. Okay. It It's definitely way slower and, and clunkier to control. But I think that 
in the context of the actual game, that might make sense once I actually start to understand the the pacing of it. Um, but I think give, being given a five minute fight wasn't enough, and it, it makes it feel out of place and weird. But I'm still very I'm very sold on it. I think it has a lot of potential to be at least good. And yeah, that's okay. all I've been playing recently. Anything else? Are we missed anything else? Carbuncled. Carbuncle's the homie. Faux show. All right. Final topic of the day brought to you by the Kind of Funny Forums. As always, if you have a question for the show, you can go to kindoffunny.com slash topic. Leave your topic. Please make it brief. And we'll get to it on the you show. Know, you know a lot of Zygers in there writing their novels. Zygers fine. It's other motherfuckers. 15 years ago, <laughs> Grandma Zyger said. This topic is also brought to you by Patreon. Thank you all for making things happen for us. There's your thank you crawl is what we call it. Kevin's going to put it. Really? But the thing does slide in from the side and then start going up. Shut up, Kevin. I was petting it. Kevin. I'm clapping, but it sounds kind of like I'm masturbating. Like if you're, like the mic's far away. No, it's just like it's too fast. Damn, you waited longer than I thought you were going to, and I liked that. All right, first question of the day comes from George Ash. He says, "Hey guys, what were some of the most difficult industry secrets you've had to hold on to until an NDA was up?" Thanks for years of podcast mm. entertainment. I, this is an interesting question. Well, I, the question's weird, though. It's an interesting question, yes. But di- the most difficult is, like, we're excited about them? Because I've never had a difficult time in, like, holding on to information. I'm excited I mean, to unleash information. I mean, I assume that's what he's asking. Okay, like, okay. I mean, I read this as, what's the thing that when you heard, you're like, fuck, I can't wait for people to know this. I will say that, I mean, the, the way he poses the question, I think Greg would agree, is that he's like, well, until the NDA was up. I've signed very few NDAs compared to the amount of secrets I know. So it's like um, that I've known and know to this day for every NDA I've signed. I know 20 things that I'd never signed anything for because they're coming from, yeah, they're coming from, they're coming from sources and they're coming from people you trust. Sure. Um, I don't know that I want to get into specifics, but I will say that there's a great deal of shit that you know about if you're, if you're well connected in this industry before it happens. Um, And, uh, well, a good example is the God of War stuff that happened recently. Like I've known about that Norse stuff for a couple of years, and Greg has too. And we 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 heard rumblings about that forever. But it's until you could substantiate it. See, I never published. I I used to publish a lot of breaking stuff at IGN based on sources if the sources were comfortable being anonymous but going on the record. Um, and when you hear things, you know you have to substantiate. I want to have multiple sources. I don't. Pu- I've never published anything without getting it from multiple sources that were comfortable with me using them as an anonymous source. If that makes any sense, so people will be like, "Well, they're obviously going to stay anonymous, but they also don't want you to use that as they're not a source." So that's not like checking one of the boxes. I have one source. It's like, well, you hear this, and then maybe you can go chase a story, or whatever. So the Norse stuff with God of War is a good example. I heard we heard that from multiple people um, over the time to- over time, and I believe that's one hundred percent true because of the people that told us that. Um, but. To me, it's it's more like the more connected you are and the more you kind of keep your ear to the, you know, to the to the ground and just listen um, and people trust you and you keep their secrets and all that kind of stuff. And you learn more and more and more. And before you know it, you kind of know a lot. Um, but I don't find it difficult to not tell anyone those things. It's fine. I'm, I'm so curious about the industry. I'm not I would love to tell you guys everything, but I mean, it's that's, that's not the way it works um, in any industry. So, you know, I keep secrets and Greg keeps secrets and um you know, but there's there's a lot of games that we've known about or a lot of instances and behind the scenes drama and games that you think know are going to be announced at this time or games that are getting canceled for this or whatever. I mean, 
you know, without getting into too, too many specifics, I would say that. I don't know if Greg has anything to add. No, that's good. Cool. Luke at me. That's a good name. Yeah, it is. Luke has two years though, so not full credit. Look at name. me. Hey guys. Look at me. My question pertains to the video game industry as a whole. I've lived in Michigan my whole life, so the large conventions and most of the video game industry presence as a whole is absent from the area, even though I think the industry could strive here. I was wondering what areas of the country you think we could see the industry grow in the future. I myself has always been interested in doing something video games related, but I've never had the chance because of my location. Um, places with no income tax. So I think, you know, so that's, that's why you find studios in Texas and in Washington, because it, you get an automatic raise moving there. You get a raise subtracting the percentage of state income tax you pay and it's cheaper to run businesses there. I think New York is eventually going to thrive again. Uh, there's Rockstar is a huge developer in New York, but um, taxes are very onerous there usually, but they have a lot of new small business and like t- zeroing out tax rules basically in New York now to attract people back there, especially to upstate New York. So I think you'll see companies kind of thriving there as well. And then, um, you know, I think that obviously, uh, honestly, I think the revolution is kind of happening as I've said before in Eastern Europe. Um, because of lax tax regulations and because of um, it's just cheaper cost of living. So you see a lot of studios, great studios coming out of now Poland and the Ukraine and uh, places like that. So um, Michigan, uh, I don't know. I mean, because no. you have to because you have to remember Michigan's actually a beautiful state um, and there's a lot of money and and, you know, uh, you know, talent there for sure. Um, but you th- the idea is to open a studio in a place where people want to move. Like you have to be able to attract talent from other places. So um, Insomniac in North Carolina, as far as I understand, one of the reasons that they put it there was because they needed to attract talent from the East Coast that didn't want to necessarily relocate to California. And it was a smart move for them to put it there because they were able to say, like, well, this guy's from Georgia, but he doesn't really want to come to California, but he does want to work for Insomniac. So he's more comfortable coming to North Carolina. Um, and so it's just easier. Are you gonna are you gonna be able to attract people wanting to go to Lansing or to, to you know Ann Arbor or something? I don't think so. No. I mean, I, I so I, I think that that's one of the things. And that's no offense to Michigan. It's just that it's easy to say like we're in Seattle or we're in um, New York City or we're in Austin, um, as opposed to being like well we're in you know Cheyenne, Wyoming or something. And you can run certainly run a very cheap studio there, but you're gonna be able to get anyone to go there. Look at you schools think, with good to programs too. You know what I mean? Good video game development programs or computer science programs because those would be the ones if that school's up and coming you have a lot of grads coming out of it who'd want to be starting something cool and simple and if that's the case you can find those schools you can kind of identify where there could be a thriving indie culture go from yeah. there. Yeah I think individually it's like if you really want to be part of the industry like you need to go to it don't wait for it to come to you and I think that's good advice for anything really you know it's like you can there's so much options to make things happen and it's way easier for you to change your life than for hundreds of other people that change their lives. Sure. Next question comes from NWO Hollywood. It seems to me that you guys, the coolest dudes in video games have a strong dislike for Sonic the Hedgehog. I'd like to know why, especially from Greg, since he grew up a Sega kid. Also given this year, marks Sonic's 25th anniversary. Do you think Sega will release a new game? Will the series ever, ever regain the popularity it once had? I hope against hope that that happens. Much love from the city of brotherly love. You got a lot of problems, man. Mm. NWO Hollywood there. Yeah, no, it'll never get as popular as it once was. It, that's come and gone. Uh, yeah, I grew up a Sega kid. I grew up thinking Sonic the Hedgehog was boss. Loved him. Had a great time with him. And then, yeah, you go back and play those games like, oh, no. No, no, no. I tricked myself. I refused, I was caught in this fanboy war against Nintendo where I was like, Mario sucks. You can't fucking play Super Mario World and have any delusions that Masonic gets even close to at any point, Tim. 
I mean, hey, I'm not going to say it gets close to it, but I would argue that Sonic 3 and 2, like 2 and 3 specifically, are great games. One has its moments. It also has its issues. Sure. But uh, I think as platforming games, they're great. Compared to Mario, absolutely, they're not perfect. But they're great games, and I, I think that people shit on them a little harder than they need to. A lot of the other stuff, like the adventure games, I don't quite understand the love for those. Yeah. Those are definitely fan favorites, and I don't understand what they see in them. They, they're really bad to me. Um, and then everything post then. It's just like, let's get out of there. Sonic Boom. Um, Sonic Generations is fine. I had fun with that one. Uh, in terms of the Sonic being popular thing, like I, I don't think that it'll ever be as popular as it, he was in the 90s because you know that, that was a different time. Mascots were a thing. Saturday morning cartoons reign supreme. But I think now in the world of the movies and stuff like we're seeing with Ratchet and Clank, like with the Sonic movie they announced, is that going to do good? Probably not. Because already, I think Ratchet's, what we were talking about earlier, doing the right moves of it is very much the game being made into a movie. A live-action Sonic movie? No, thank you. Not exactly going to push the needle in terms of kids falling in love with Sonic again. Mm. I don't think. Is it the TV show's popular, though, right? Sonic, yeah, yeah. Son, the Sonic TV shows have always been yeah. popular enough. Um, but they're also not, you know, Ninja Turtles. Yeah, you know, oh, it's yeah, not, yeah, like, yeah. huge. Um, you can always tell buy toy aisles at like Target, right? Like what's popular? There's not like a giant Sonic the Hedgehog toy aisle. A lot of Mario's out there though. Um, there, mm, even Mario's not that big of a... You see some Mario's in there. Amiibos. No, not Amiibos. Sonic is just a... I don't know. It's... it's It didn't bring the goods. It's a marketing ploy. Sonic was a marketing ploy and people fell for it. Mario is objectively better in every way than Sonic both at the time and every and ever since then in terms of pure gameplay because Mario brought the goods it was fun to play it wasn't fast it wasn't edgy it was it was just fun and it, Sonic is very much what Genesis was it was very much Sega's revival of the console people forget that Genesis launched in 1989 Sonic didn't come out like it wasn't a launch game it was it was the way for them to revive the console in the West. It was a way for them to compete with the Nintendo to make Nintendo seem kiddie and, and irrelevant by by using terms like blast processing and all these kinds of things. But really, it didn't mean anything. And, and Mario won that. You know, Sonic might have won the fight in the Genesis Super Nintendo era in terms of you know Sega does with Nintendo and all that kind of shit. But you know, obviously, you know Sega lost the war. Um, and that comes from a person who you know I don't mind Sega. I have a Genesis and I had a Dreamcast. Like I, I you know, I have no problem with. Sega, I just always was bothered by like what what game are you playing to think that this is anywhere near as good or a worthy mascot replacement for the bundled in game you got with Super Nintendo. It always really infuriated me. It's like one of those things that I was like, I just I don't know. I, Blake Harris's Console Wars talks a lot about this and I, I highly recommend that book because it's all about how Sega revived um, Genesis using Sonic and when and there's a lot of really interesting shit about Sonic in there and, and who created it and Team Sonic and all that kind of stuff, the studio and how it's a very Western game. I don't know. I just uh, Sonic. I, I I think Sonic's popularity was almost artificial. Like I don't think that he was ever actually that popular. Like it's just it's just it was a very limited Q score kind of thing, as opposed to a very long term. This game sells ten million copies every time it comes. That's not Mario, you know. And and so I think that like it's like going back to nineteen ninety nine, looking at a Q score and Crash Bandicoot's number one. You know, and he was, but you go back and, you know, two years later and no one cares about Crash anymore. So it's, it's mm -hmm. kind of a similar, a sure. similar thing. There's no ubiquity with Sonic. It was a it's, just, it's just people. Yeah. It's just people like won't let go. Yeah. I mean, I think the difference I don't blame is you. I mean, if you Sonic, like Sonic is something that like, even moms would know. You know, if you ask them video game characters, name them. I think Sonic, Pac-Man, Mario, 
Like those are characters sure. that they know. So I'll give you that. There's something there. Um, and also the Sonic Advance games were awesome. Those were the closest we got to the original trilogy um, in the modern era. This one comes from Barry Burton's beard. I've got absolutely everything I want in my life. Damn. Barring one thing. Oh no. Will we ever get an HD Parappa the Rapper? Probably not. I'm surprised that we haven't, but I I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's more complicated to do one of these games than they thought. And I also think Parappa the Rapper 2 was really bad. And so I think that they got a little gun shy charging $60 for that game and releasing it. It was just like, I was so disappointed in that game. Um, in the we world got Oom Jammer Lammy, but I, but did, that, what, but I'm saying that. I'm saying we got Oom Jammer. Well, it's a PS1 classic too, but I'm saying we got a spin off of it that went in a more rock and roll direction. Oh, I think that there's right. licensing issues with doing a prep of the game, game because you either have to have you either have to have someone writing this shit natively, which is expensive, or you have to license the music, which is expensive. And I don't know that there's an appetite for prep of the rapper, which is which is surpri- know, which man. is surprising to me because I think that. It, I think if they were going to do it 2007, 2008, 2009 would have been the right time to do it. I, yeah. I don't know that it's I necessarily relevant. I feel like, you, you know, PlayStation All-Stars was a, a chance for a lot of people to be like, oh, we like this character and da, da. And then they did just put out the PS2 classic for, for, for Rapper the Rapper. And so it is a possibility. I'm sure they're looking at it in some way. Yeah. I think you'll get another Rapper the Rapper. By if anything, point. I think it'd be a digital game. 100%. You know, I don't yeah, 100%. It's no, no, no. retail game. Popcorn Shower says, hi, guys. I want to get Lego Dimensions, but I don't know if it'd be, keep me entertained in the long term. I've briefly played Lego games in the past, but I never played a Toys to Life game. What do you think someone like me should know before going all in with Lego Dimensions? Well, I don't know. Why didn't you? You said you briefly played the other Lego games. Why why just briefly? I need more information as to why you would just play a little bit of those. If you didn't like those, if that gameplay didn't work for you, this isn't going to really revolutionize it. I mean, don't get me wrong. My favorite part of Lego Dimensions is when I put them down on the thing and it's like, all right, let's build stuff. And we sit there and you, you know, build, you build with the car or whatever the hell it's going to be, the arcade cabinet and then go through and play it and the way they mix it up. Um, that so if you have a problem with the Lego gameplay though, that's what Lego Dimensions is. So that would be my main, mm, figure out why you didn't like those games before you move on this one. Uh, the reason Lego Dimensions works is that it's fun. It's, it breaks the fourth wall. It has fun with all these different licenses, bringing them together and doing different stuff. And then it is an excuse for you to play with Legos and build Legos and have a purpose for why you're putting together all these Legos and owning all these Legos. That's what I like about it. Ladies and gentlemen. This has been the first ever episode 66 of the Kind of Funny Games cast. Greg. Yes. This episode's coming out this Friday. Yeah. For Patreon users over right. at patreon.com slash kind of funny games. It's coming out next week for the youtube.com slash kind of funny games crowd. For everybody, though, we'll be at PAX East at some point during that time. Do you know when PAX East is? That's when we'll be there. Exactly. Go to kindoffunny.com slash PAX East to find out about all of our things we're doing there. We have the Kind of Funny panel. On Friday, we have the kind of funny party on Saturday. Then a whole bunch of podcasts or panel appearances, a whole bunch of signings at Rooster Teeth, a whole bunch of crazy ass shits happening. You're doing a Paximania thing? I'm doing Paximania where I will bury Dan Riker once and for all. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Fuck Dan Riker. Yeah. Fuck Giant Bomb. <laughs> everyone. Dave Lang sucks too. Fuck everyone. Dr. Tracksuit, cool. Except John Drake, a punk ass bitch. He's a punk ass bitch. It's true. Aaron and Pope, terrible announcers. We're talking a lot of shit. I know. Let's get shot. And I'll be fine. I'm, Until I'm next week, I love you. Leave comments below. Let me know what you want for 69. Okay. I gotta go. He's just a disturbing looking person. He's a little fuck, isn't he? Just a disturbing human being. <laughs>
Oh, so like this. Stay in the frame. Yeah. Came with the frame. You Stop getting water. out of frame. That's one of your ASMR things. Look at how, yeah. look at how desperate he is for that water. He's thirsty. Give it to him. Got a whole bowl of water out there. Go drink it out there. You can go for a while. Put all this at the end, then. Definitely. <laughs> Will he ever stop? Oh, yeah. 10, 15 minutes, they'll be all done. They'll be rehydrated. <laughs> Ready to take on the world. Okay. 